Welcome to Tanks Up, the podcast all about video games and craft beer. I'm Ben. I'm here with that all. No, oh, I thought we were doing beer and games. What did I say? Video games and craft beer. Ah, I'm doing it right there. It's fine. Just uh, I'm here. all the words in. And it, it is um, for the first time in a long time. It's a uh, Will Smith episode. Yes. Yeah. Lucy and I have done a few uh, duets. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not been you and I for a while, has it? No, because usually when someone's away, it's me. <laughs> That's very true. You're a busy man. You're a busy man. Um, I don't think we've got a huge amount of games we've played this week to talk about. I've got one. But we do have a topic. Quite a large discussion that we can have around uh, a, a recent very sad event. Uh that we'll be discussing. But let's open up a beer first. Adol, what are you drinking? Um, this week, I have this one. Um, from Manual Brewing. Okay. Uh, which I wasn't familiar with. They're from no, Scotland. I'm not. Dundee. Okay. And it is their, my favorite hero, Salted Strawberry Goza. Ooh, okay. Got lovely art. <clears throat> Hopped with Magnum Reku and Huel well me- Melon. What's a Huel Melon? I've never heard of it. Sorry. I don't know what was the what was the second hop as well? Rakau. Rakau. Okay. Hopped with Magnum Rakau and Huel Melon, soured with Lactobacillus, fermented with English ale yeast, additions of strawberry and pink Himalayan sea salt. Oh. Tasting notes are strawberry, honeydew, melon, citrus, salt, and sour. Salt. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that's why that's why I grabbed it. I was like, uh, a goza. I'm like, wait, salted strawberry goza? Well, this, I don't know what this is. I must have it. And it's 4.5% and a lovely 440 milliliter can. Lovely. Cool. Uh, I am going to start off with a beer called, well, it's a beer called Freak Scene, uh, but it's also a restaurant in London. Uh, it's a New England IPA with yuzu. It's 4.5%. And this one comes from, um, well, it, it's from Beer 52, but they're calling their um, project, they've got a new project going called Table, um, which is those guys at Beer 52 brewing some beers in relation to some restaurants. Um, I was a bit skeptical about this, but it's not beers to pair with food. It's kind of beer to complement the style of each of these kind of restaurants and around the theme rather than beer to go with food. Uh, There is a little bit of flavor text. New England IPA with yuzu is a deliciously fruity pale ale with a soft and delicate mouthfeel that abounds with citrus and tropical flavors, tempered with a little tannin from the tea and pleasant perfumey aromatics. Mm. So there we go. Don't get any info on what's in there. Hop-wise, it just says um, water, malted barley, malted wheats, oats, yuzu, hops, yeast. Hmm. So we shall see. Two nice light beers to start with. Yeah. Um, so, first off, there is sediment. I think it might be strawberry seeds. Oh, really? Let's see. Oh, you can't. Mm, can't it's quite, not quite see it. Mm. Yeah. 
It's also because I did the standard pour and then chuck out the dregs. It's also mm. peppered the the head. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a lovely orangey, slightly red color, pretty opaque. The smell is that melon, a touch of strawberry, um, but mostly the melon. Mm. I the smell because I'm uncouth and don't know the term nose, apparently. <laughs> Just smell it. It smells good, doesn't it? Mm. Um. Oh. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. Um. You definitely get the strawberry um, solidly throughout the taste. The salt comes in right after the beginning. And that's mm -hmm. why I said, oh, while I was trying to continue tasting, because it's like, oh, this is salty. This is a salty beer. Well, what's <laughs> nice is the salt doesn't stay. Okay. Um, what's it What's it doing? Is it doing anything? Is it just providing kind of a... I think it's doing a, the standard thing. heat through the beer to kind of break up the flavor? Or I think it's it opening up the flavor uh, a little mm. bit. It's hard to tell without having the unsalted version. Um definitely have a bit of that melon the strawberry's not in your face it's just sort of like like the base uh and yeah. then it ends you know a little sour but uh for it goes it's not super sour that's quite a liquidy okay. mouthfeel very wet beer um yeah i think the salt is just bringing out that melon mm. in a way that like it it tastes like melon but not sweet which is normally how melons tra travel um, yeah. Slightly, like I said, slightly tart aftertaste. Um, sort of neutral mouthfeel, or like I'm not, not dried, not wet, not in the finish rather, not mouthfeel. Good lord, Adil. Um, it's been one of those days. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's like well, everything's sort of moving together to, everything's sort of blended well together, and it's not like it's super sour. Yeah not super salty and like like i said the strawberry is there but not like in your face and the melons has a it sort of pops in and out but again sort of i was expecting kind of more of a fruity hit and maybe a, like a sour finish and it's actually quite a for lack of a better word stable yeah taste yeah it's good okay, though nice it's nice. just it, and it still tastes like beer admittedly yeah. a sour beer but like One of the worries I had was that it would be um, one of those juice bomby things. Mm. Mm. Oh, I just got on that set back up like a peak hit of tart. Okay. I think this will be interesting to, to have the whole thing. Um, yeah. The first sip I had had that salt, but I think I've already like acclimatized to it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when you have a first, the first couple really salted chips. You're like, oh, and then I, by the end you're like, nah. Yeah, yeah, just not bothered by it at all. The first... Uh... The first pepper that you bite into, as mm. a, you know, it gives you that a little heat, that hit, mm. and then the more you have, it just yeah, just tapers out, doesn't it? So nice, okay. It's a good That's showing cool. though for for brewery. I was like, man, I don't know, never heard of manual. Yeah. Did they uh, did they have many others in the um, in the box shop? Uh, they had the other one I'm having. Okay. And I think one more at Corks. Um, mm. Yeah, I suspect they've just started bringing them in, though, because I haven't yeah. seen them before. Nice to see someone from sort of that far away as well. Down the, yeah, that's not like proper international. Mm. 
because it's there's this weird gap where you get like the biggest hits from other countries yeah but even the biggest hits from scotland you don't often get or and i suppose it's a lot to do with uh like production how much they're able to produce and kind of how much they want to ship out to different places and it, and it I, you know whether it's kind of a new i don't know whether they're a new brewery whether they're a little bit more established kind of locally up in scotland or not but maybe this is part of an expansion or it could be they're completely new and they just thought fuck it let's just get as many beer you know get it out as much as possible to as as wide a spread as possible to kind of get it in as many hands around the country rather than kind of concentrating on local distribution but i don't know I'm just hypothesizing massively about what these people are doing with their beer. The company. <laughs> yeah. How's yours? Uh, it's nice. It's very nice. Um, it's very kind of light in color. Mm. A uh, little orangey. Not too orangey, but it's um, pretty opaque. Uh, the head has already kind of disappeared. There wasn't much there to begin with. Um, the nose, uh, you're getting those tropical fruit flavors. A lot of grapefruit on there. And then in the flavour, it is it is almost exactly as they've described it on the bottle. Uh, it doesn't deviate from that very much at all. You're getting um, a bit of grapefruit, um, kind of this. There's maybe another kind of tropical fruit in there as well. Maybe I don't know. Too hard to kind of pick out with everything else kind of going on. Um, a little more citrus that kind of kicks in, but those those sort of like the tea, definitely brings that fruitiness down a little bit makes it a little bit more mm. kind of palatable than you know than a, than a big sort of juice bomber you kind of hit it, it, it just kind of pulls it back and then it kicks into this very kind of aromatic finish um i can't remember whether it was last week when i had the beer where it was very very floral very very aromatic this this kicks in with that kind of floral almost perfumey kind of vibe but kind of right at the end and it's a little short as well on the end so whilst it kind of gives you a nice rounding out flavor that doesn't overstay its welcome and actually the the fruit kind of follows through quite nicely the entire way through the through the beer uh, whilst these other things are kind of kicking in and going on to give you know a, a very interesting kind of flavor uh something that is you know quite well quite well balanced it seems like it's quite well crafted to hit those kind of points as you're drinking it mm. um i had another one from this box a couple of days ago which was from memory was fine but it wasn't really um remarkable in any way it was just a nice kind of pleasant beer uh this this is doing something a little bit more it seems a little bit more complex than the than the previous one i'd had um and it just seems maybe maybe hopefully it's not the pick of the bunch from the box you know to be able to have on air because i want more excellent beers yeah. um, but <laughs> yeah, i've enough. done i think i've done quite well with the with a pick from the box so to you know to drink this evening um so from for mine before we move away um mm. i am noticing after so while you were talking i didn't really take any many steps and i am have noticed that um the fruit it does linger especially okay. that like honeydew melony mm. sort of taste it's sort of still there in the background like even just moving my tongue around me getting i'm getting that that taste of of the melon a little bit of the strawberry um which which is interesting because like 
Maybe I'm, maybe it is a little drying out of my mouth. Okay. Or it's just because I've been moving my tongue around a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's interesting because like all of the standard beer notes have disappeared a while back, but these fruit right. notes have stayed, which is usually you still have that bitterness or some something. Mm. Like the beer is the thing that carries the taste. And now actually finding the fruit is lingering. Okay. Interesting. It's quite a big, what, what size beer was it? 440, 500? 440. Okay. So you've got a nice amount to be able to... Uh... To sup. Yeah, to sup and to understand how that changes up. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the salt is there definitely in the beginning. Yeah. Mm. Good. Good. <laughs> Let's move on then to, uh, well, the only game that I have played apart from uh, finishing off Oberdin and playing a little bit more of um, Red Dead Redemption 2. I managed to start playing Alpha Bear 2. Which, <laughs> which I uh, didn't know had Wait, come out. Are this you year. saying you you managed to play Alpha Bear as well? No, Alpha Bear Two, as well. A sequel to Alpha Bear. Um, I don't remember whether I spoke about Alpha Bear a huge amount uh, a couple of years ago. It's uh, a mobile game where essentially it's uh, the aesthetic is bears, but the the game itself is finding words um, you have a, a, a tiled grid and so many letters will be exposed and basically you tap each of those letters to form a word and you get points based on the word that you formed once you've eliminated those letters those tiles uh, the tiles either to the side or the top will then appear to bring up more letters for you to be able to use and essentially you just got to clear the board getting as high a score as possible using you know all so of the letters do you have to do they have to be touching uh, no they don't have to so be it's touching. not like it's be... not like um bookworm or something like that no no they can be anywhere on this you know that you've that you've uncovered them they can be anywhere on this grid okay um and that is the sort of the general gist of of playing the game um I really enjoyed the first one. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Doesn't take itself seriously at all. Uh, as I say, the aesthetic was was bears, and kind of as you play through, you unlock certain bears. They're just essentially bears in different costumes, uh, but they give you little bonuses that mm. help you get better scores, uh, or they allow certain lettered tiles to stick around for a little bit longer. Um, one of the things that happens as well is that each after each turn, after each word that you've created. Uh, the timer ticks down and each letter has a number against them and that's just counting down turns and if that if you don't use a letter and it gets to zero it will turn oh, into right. a, it turn into a stone and that stops you from sort of clearing the board right and you get a bonus at the end for creating um bears which will basically be you know if you've taken those four letters out then you'll get a bear which is four letters long if you take out the four letters underneath that will then double in size you know so you get bonuses for oh so like areas contiguous yes. areas yeah for, for areas um so a stone in the middle will kind of will stop you getting right. bigger bonuses at the end uh so it's wait, very get so when i use so it's not i so i thought it was like bejeweled where i use up letters and then it drops down and fills it fills the space but no it's not no it's not it's, it's just, a, just it's that a... grid and you have yep. to use all those letters yeah exactly exactly and the grids um you know get larger the further you get through the game uh there is also a timed mode as well so you might get two minutes to make as many words as possible and normally on those you're kind of 
trying to you know hit through three or four letter words whereas in the standard kind of mode yeah you're trying to make a biggest score as possible uh to you know maybe use six seven letters if possible if you have that many available and are able to kind of generate those words so it's very uh it's very easy to get into and i think the whole like bare aesthetic around it is you know it, it i can kind of take it or leave it it's a little bit cutesy uh it's so you don't find it bit, charming um, not massively i mean i i don't know whether they've chosen bears because they've decided to call it alpha bear and it kind of works you know that way for the title or i think they I mean, you need, sometimes you just cats yeah. in and it would have been fine you know but yeah 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 i don't think the bears add too much um as but it, it probably would be a worse game if it had no aesthetic. Oh, uh, yeah, probably, probably. It does provide a lot of kind of the, the, the humor that kind of comes with it and the, with the writing sort of in between each of the, each of the levels. Uh, with this one, I think with the last game, with the first game, you were just basically playing, you know, play this level, then this one will unlock. Then you get to try a, like a bonus level for the day. And then on the next day, play that level, then this one will unlock, and then you can go back to that. I haven't played it for, you know, 18 months, two years maybe. So right. uh, this one has a kind of almost a linear story running through as well. So, you know, you're in, you play level one, world one, level one, and then world one, level two, and you move right. kind of through with this little storyline going along um, and then jump into world two and it's got this um time travel thing to the story so suddenly hey, level wasn't expecting that yeah i know i know so world two is uh like a prehistoric level so i'm unlocking dinosaur bears um you know, i was which hoping you would just say things. dinosaurs there's a there's loads of additional kind of layers to this game that they've loaded on top of the original game you can train bears um bears have certain uh, or different different kinds of bears have certain traits so some of them are calm some of them are scary uh, and different levels will add to the bonus for using say calm bears uh, and so they're, they're trying loads of different ways to kind of add depth i think right. to, to kind of what you're doing and try and allow you to build up additional bonuses and stuff like that uh, and it does build on the the first game i enjoyed the first game a lot so i've kind of you know jumped into this one and i'm enjoying it uh, it's maybe not grabbed me as much as um as the original because i don't think i played anything kind of with that aesthetic in a similar kind of style before so the first right. game was charming it was not whereas yeah. I think this one, it's not outstayed, you know, the aesthetic and the bears, they haven't outstayed their welcome, it's just been done. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, by, I mean, they're kind of doubling down on the aesthetic by putting mm. the story in, right? So if it was just sort of, the 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 aesthetic was great because it was novel, then it's never going to be the same, and putting more emphasis yeah. on it. Right? So what you're Completely. saying, if I can paraphrase you, is you don't want it to be really complex you'd rather the game be bear yay <laughs> well well I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying i'm enjoying a, a level of complexity uh you know i don't want to have to train my bears up so i get a 10 percent 
bonus rather than an eight percent bonus you know oh god it's uh, that complicated yeah 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 um you can so every few hours you can also just basically get a free bear mm. and that can either be one that you've already got uh, and if you if you duplicate them they then automatically level up right no, like uh, or, standard up like hero yeah game. yeah exactly or you get a new bear and there's i don't know 80 to 100 bears to be able to kind of to unlock to be able to use um which i think they've they've not struggled with this one because there was you know a similar amount in the original so you know in the original game you had i don't know i can't remember any of them like a unicorn bear a bear dressed as a unicorn or a police right. bear bear dressed as a policeman i don't know stuff like that so you know with kind of a hundred already themed and costumed bears some of the ones that have been kicking up in this have been like oh okay uh i had like floppy disc bear oh god and um game boy bear so they've kind of you know they're trying they're trying they're trying yeah i know i know but i don't know man some of those things sound a little too rough it sounds like i might not be able to bear it hey go, go if you haven't played the first game go and play that it's very good it's uh, well i say i, I was going to say it stands up but i haven't i haven't played it for yeah. like 18 months so uh it's a very from what i remember from playing this one it's, it's a very similar kind of game um, so the, core, sure. like the core mechanic sounds pretty similar it's yeah just almost, it's almost exactly the same yeah yeah um, i'm not sure whether the the structure around the progression and the leveling and stuff uh, now i've kind of got this uh, very linear kind of progression whether I'd go back to what it had before, but again, I haven't been right. back to to know whether that kind of stands up still. Uh, but I'm enjoying it, and it's a nice kind of filler for kind of the other things that I'm playing and doing. Because uh, you know, a level will only take maybe two or three minutes, something right. like that. So it's a good game to sort of just think, oh, I've got three minutes i'm waiting for the kettle to boil i'll start something and just and just go you know so yeah yeah it's fun fair enough this is all i can ask for i suppose and um yeah so it fits that standard mobile sorry the cat is sneezing um it fits that standard mobile mobile niche yeah completely there's lots of cooldowns as well um so it sort of is it microtransaction too sorry are there microtransactions? Uh, I imagine so. I haven't actually looked. Uh, you do collect different um, in-game currencies to be able to unlock mm. stuff. So I would assume, yes, you that can probably buy, yeah. is. Uh, Can't you does just have... pay five quid and get all the bears and then you don't have to play the game anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I remember with... Um, so, uh, as part of the... Um, as part of the loop you have i think it's honey honeycombs um and basically they regenerate every minute or every two minutes or something and each level takes up say 25 honeycombs right. so you only have a certain amount to be able to do in say one day before stuff regenerates uh, i remember with the first game i paid something like 2.99 maybe to just get unlimited honeycombs so you could just play the game at your own pace. So you can just play the game at your own pace. Exactly. So the game is free exactly. otherwise, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's fine. That's basically saying, I want your game. I'll pay three quid for your game. And then yeah. I don't have to worry about that. Exactly. With this one, I haven't investigated yet. Uh, I've only been playing it for sort of two days so far. But 
there's a lot more, or at least it feels like there's a lot more ads in this game mm. as well. So whether there is a ad-free version, give us give us five pounds for an ad-free infinite honeycomb version. I'll see, but I'm not sure whether having you know uh, bought into the first game and enjoyed mm. that, whether I've got that want to. You know, yeah, it sounds like if the, the game, the, the mechanical loop of the levels is the same. It's just the yep. progression that's changed. So then you have unlimited honeycombs. Just replay the game. Yeah, I mean, I could just go back to the first one and mm. play that to get that same, you know, the game actual loop puzzle itself. I want. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, man. Well, yeah. You played a game, though. Oh, I have nice. played a game. And, I mean, we'll see maybe next week whether I've played it any more than you know three days worth Let's see if it holds me for much yeah longer. that would be a good thing to know because because with these types of games the there's a lot of like novelty inertia mm. on the first couple of days and then you're like oh no nope. yeah. um cool well um how's um that cowboy game going how's the cowboy game cowboy um, game update Insert jingle uh, here. I enjoy da, 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 cowboy game update. <laughs> I enjoy being a cowboy. Um, there's not much wrangling. Not not a real kind of cowboy, you know, half cow, half boy. I'm not herding cows. You know, there's no, there's not really any cowboy in there. Oh, I love that. It's fair. like the Bojack Horseman approach to the term cowboy. <laughs> Just appears from a bush as a stranger. Yeah. Suddenly, like, oh god, what's this? Also, I like um, I like the idea that it's a Bojack Horseman version, as in it's not a centaur. It's it's, it's a cowboy. Yeah. First. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's still holding me. It is the game I want to play at the moment. Yeah. Um, I downloaded the prologue for Hitman Two. Mm. That sat there on my machine, oh, ready free? to go. Sorry. Is that free? Yes. It is. Um, I don't know whether it's the same kind of deal as um, as the, the last one, where you get kind of like the training mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, kind of, because I haven't started it up yet. Uh, but Lucy, I still haven't I finished Lucy's Hitman One. Nah. Or Hitman One. Oh no, Hitman One is called Hitman Age of Forty Seven. At Hitman least that's Age of 47. Like, yeah. Hitman At least that's one of the series where they they relaunched it with the name, but the name wasn't used before. Exactly, and Hitman 2 was also called Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, them calling it just Hitman 2 mm, but, hasn't And then they didn't do number before. 3, right? It was just Blood Money? There was no yes. numbering? Was it Blood Money? And then it was Contracts? Oh. Which was a rehash of levels from 1 and 2? Yeah, I think it was Blood Money first. I don't remember. Blood Money is a good I one. I'll play that one. Yeah, Blood Money is fantastic. Um, but I really liked, you know, the re-release of Hitman a couple of years ago. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. But again, it's kind of hasn't pulled me away from Red Dead. It's hard, it's hard when you have an epic game on your plate that, yeah, like critically lauded and clearly enjoyable, and you're really liking it. Mm. And and it's an open world, so like. Like it's not just a big game. It's like uh, I can make this game last as long as I fucking want. Yeah, yeah. completely, completely. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking it at my own pace. But there's only so much. And by that you mean you're walking. And you've given up on horses, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It takes me ages to get anywhere. Um, 
there's only so much like open world stuff I kind of want to do. Uh, so if I'm going down the road, I see a stranger, I'll think, okay, I'll, I'll go and do that. Or, you know, do a little bit stranger? of hunting, do the strange, do them, uh, do the quest. Well, that they actually meant, oh, so they have quests? Sort of. They'll kind of, someone might come out of the bushes and say, I've been bit by a snake, can you help oh, me? Okay. And then you, and you help them, kill the and snake then you go, and you watch them you go die anyway. from poison. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or someone might come along and say, I've been robbed, can you take me back to my house? Uh, some of them are a little bit more involved uh right. you know they might take you somewhere you have to clear out a group of enemies or something like that and get the house back for whoever or oh, deliver yeah. something you know yeah it, it's kind of like all the it, standard it's, it, it's like mmo exactly. tropes it is it is it's exactly that but they just as i think we said last week it just feels so natural that it just kind of it occurs it happens oh wait they, they're not people. just standing there idly with a yellow exclamation point over their head well no you see <laughs> a little how do on you the know they have a quest to give you? Just, just down here on the little mini map, sat down here, you just see this blip, and it will just go. Boom. But before you see the blip, you normally get some kind of like audio, audio cue. cue. So someone will shout at you, or someone will stumble out of the bushes, or you, you know you'll hear gunfire somewhere. Right. Um, can you? functionally turn the minimap off like could you play yeah. the game without a minimap i, yeah, I you know can. you could probably turn it off but some some games are like turn off the minimap and you're like there's all kinds of things i need to learn from this map so that i can't play the game uh no you you can turn it off you can also turn off the map and just bring up a compass so you can just understand kind of which direction you're facing oh, fuck i'm really bad uh, with compai <laughs> but we pretty much got like that way that yeah. way that way and that way. there's only four ways right so you'll be fine um, I mean, so, like, it, I navigate really well with maps, but uh, like when mm -hmm. someone says go north on this street, I'm like, I don't know what fucking north is. What <laughs> am I, magnetic? I think that's, and that's part of the thing. Like, some people will, you know, some things that you pick up will say go to this place. So you can open up your map and kind of find that place and just I make guess your way towards it. Standard uh, video game mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Without you... then having that minimap, it does, you know, it, it, it does make up because it's such a big world until you've understood, like, the orientation of things oh, and where yeah. things are, it's, it is quite difficult. To, oh, to yeah, I, I was just curious because it seems like such a detailed, distinct, well-designed world, whether they, whether it was functionally able to, like, try and do that silly thing that people love doing with video games, which is make it tougher because it'd be more mm. real somehow. You, I mean, you can. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Definitely. <laughs> um, like that I mean, time I, I, I started and didn't finish Breath of the Wild without ever wearing a shirt. Because I decided at the beginning when Link emerged from his birthing pod that, um, that he, he has no nipples. So I'm like, oh, he's not a woman born. I think he's proud of this. He should show it <laughs> off all the time. And as I go through the game, it's like, it really sucks not wearing a quarter of your armor. <laughs> <laughs> just taking hits everywhere it's doable yeah. i mean well yes it must be um i've talking about outfits i've stuck with arthur morgan's uh you know Default. base outfit as well there's so much kind of not put into the um the outfits and stuff obviously they come with a lot of detail and they are available to you but i've never kind of seen a reason to change my outfit except when i'm the, the one of the good things is that when you go 
to the you know to the extreme north of the map and you're up in the mountains and it's snowing if you have your regular outfit on you'll you be cold and your health doesn't regenerate as quickly oh, cool. um so you want to change into your your, your, your warm weather uh, your cold weather gear and then again uh it hasn't happened yet but i'm assuming at some point i'm going a little further south uh whether that is kind of because because uh, Blackwater exists as it did in you know in Red Dead Redemption, and it looks like part of the map continues on past Blackwater. So you're going to be revisiting part of the map that that was open in in Red Dead Redemption, uh, which was a lot more sort of open plains and desert yeah. than you know than Red Dead Redemption Two is, which is quite hilly and mountainous and there's a swamp and you know mm -hmm. it's, it's very it's varied in its environments so at some point i'm gonna have to you know just get into me me britches me vest <laughs> my straw hat and just kind of oh can you get a straw hat i don't know i'm hoping i'm hoping i can get a straw hat so i mean little, with little, games little, like little this where it's immersive and there's a lot wheat of sheaf, just yeah I, I tend not to want to do too much random customization yeah like so, in yeah. in in um, GTA Five, for example, I like did I picked my favorite of the stock haircuts, and then left it at that basically, <laughs> yeah, and wore whatever they happened to be wearing in in whatever mission. Um, but in GTA Online, because it's like your character, I actually liked trying different outfits on and being mm. as a different person. Um, and, but also like um, Saints Row Two, yeah. Um, what I think my favorite. Old school GTA game, non plot heavy <laughs> mayhem. It's I think it's one of the best examples of that genre, way better yeah. than of um, four was, GTA four was. Uh, but Centro two, um, I also did a because it's a, like it's sort of like I like that it toes the line between grounded plot and nonsense, and so I would try mm. and wear not total nonsense like banana costume nonsense, but like <laughs> weird costumes, right? And because it was it was fun to because like. In GTA 4, what's the point? That guy doesn't give a shit about what he's wearing. Why would I change his shirt? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's such a dull, grounded character. But with Saints Row 2, it's like, uh, this world is a little different, and there's all these weird events that show you that the world is weird. But it still had a decent, regular, quote-unquote, plot. But I, that seems to be, like for me, the border between why, where I might care about changing my outfit, because it's kind mm -hmm. of open. And oh no, the 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 like I'm too tied to like the game narrative to give a shit. Like it doesn't make yeah. sense for me to. And that's fair. And that's fair. I mean, I I just haven't felt a need in, yeah. in Red Dead Two to 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 do that to explore that. But as you say, I think with my brief time with GTA Online, I kind of did dabble a little bit in, in kind of what yeah, they had to offer in that in the aesthetic kind of regard. So we'll see. Maybe with Red Dead Online, that's never going to happen. It's all a sham. <laughs> Supposedly, there's going to be a beta in a couple of weeks for it. Uh, whether that just is open to everybody or not, no. who knows? I don't. Uh, that will be interesting to see what kind of... Because from what I understand, Red, Red Dead's much more grounded a world. And whether... Yes. Whether they just say "fuck it," where this is the online version, motherfuckers do weird shit. We'll have really weird things, or whether they do like jump straight into like heists, like like cloning the heist mode of GTA Online or something like that. Yeah, it, I mean, it'd be also interesting, sort of how they how they treat things like um, horses and 
uh, property and stuff. Because obviously that's quite a big, you know, getting your car and your house and upgrading. So you've got a bigger garage for more cars and stuff. Yeah. Is kind of the progression of GTA Online, really. Which is so, why I, I sort of stopped playing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's exactly why I stopped playing. Um, like, I got, I got a bunch of money when I bought the game. I bought a nice pad. Got a couple cars. Don't really like the racing events. Only so much yeah. you can do of running and gunning people with bounties. Yep. Which is weird because I thought that's like, like if you said to me like 15 years ago that game exists that way, I'd be like, this is what I've been waiting for. I fucking like talked about it with my friends and how is this not the case? I still think the best online mode of or MMO like GTA style um, multiplayer thing is the San Andreas um, gang warfare. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, right. It's so good if that was actual, um, like, actual taking over the city and you being part of the gang and your gang being, like, being your clan and other people fighting yep. you for just the property. But because it'd be such a back and forth thing, um, it would be super interesting. Yeah, you just, you pick a faction at the beginning and this could be, you know, they they have gangs within yep. the world of red dead you know you you come up against i think in the um and like the in the, the encyclopedia of the compendium that they have um in the pause menu there's maybe f five gangs maybe six so they exist and they might they, they must exist in certain places within the world as well or at least some of them exist you know very kind of locally within the um, within the world so whether that can play into it i mean that would be that would be the exact online game that i want from from this uh, you know, it's uh, something that um, I really enjoyed about Dark Age of Camelot, which was a pretty standard MMO, mm -hmm. like early 2000s. Uh, but they had this meta game where you picked a realm, and there were three realms, and you basically vied for control of the PvP area, and right. having control gave you bonuses in the world you know, so you could go out and you could get like xp boosts and things like this so that was when i was high enough level that's pretty much all i wanted to go and do just that realm versus realm combat trying to a lot of it was just take this tower and hold it for a certain amount of time you then own this portion of the map and you can kind of push forward and push against the rest of the um you know the other two realms or yeah. this one realm you're fighting against and that was super interesting to me i really enjoyed that and it wasn't something i'd had or in a really game since. before uh, exactly or had since really so i mean the beginning of wow was similar in the contested areas of pvp yeah sort um, of yeah but but the big problem was then they came out with battlegrounds and no one did world pvp even on pvp yeah 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 completely. but um uh alex my flatmate and his brother were big into dark age of camelot and actually his brother has been feeding him a lot of information about camelot unchained oh yeah the thing coming out from the original creators and developers and apparently it's like really focusing on that type of thing nice yeah so it's, it'd be worth reading up on i don't remember any of the details i wouldn't want to mis misconstrue them but it's it sounded <laughs> really neat and i was like yeah i don't have a life that has mmo space in it i don't think but that's no. neat i mean yeah. the big thing is that it sounds like they're making it so that you can play casually mm-hmm which, which would one of the few things that might get me back to an MMO is like friends who are playing it semi regularly, and that I, you know, if I haven't played in weeks, I'm not going to get fucked.
Yeah, you can drop in and out very easily. You haven't been left behind by like level progress or gear progress and stuff yeah. like that. You obviously, you have some kind of, albeit a, a detriment to kind of everybody else who has been playing, but not one that's insurmountable by having to then play continuously for three weeks to kind of reach their level. If it's something you can go, I need to put an hour into this to be able to pick myself up to be at the same level as these guys. Uh, which then kind of doesn't cater towards the people who want to play it all of the time. You know, there's, there's yeah. a, there is a massive balance to try and get there, making a game for kind of well, both I mean, people to drop of, in and out like, and to play all the time. But like, I don't know, like FPSs, they have some progression, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and the people who play a lot are just usually get better than everyone and there's yeah i mean a good fps i you can be semi-casual on because it's not the case that they'll have the best guns and mm. thus always kill you right i think that's one of the problems of like the the gear loop of mmos is a real big problem because because it, it nece necessarily gives you that gap between casual yeah and, but i guess it, it i think it's weird because You'd think it's because of the plot that you can't do something like FPSs where it's just the same maps over and over, but then functionally at the end game is just the same as Rainbow Six Siege, right? Like it's the same yeah. thing, and it's yeah. just such a weird thing. And I think it's because the people who want to play these games want that loop, but they want to play it in this setting that they've spent a lot of time in. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of MMOs start cutting story focus really soon. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the reason why I stopped playing World of Warcraft. You know, I got to uh, as good as I could get with a character. Joined a very regular raiding guild who raided four times a week. Um, with This was during um, like Wrath of the Lich King, so I was doing raids at that level. Yeah. Is that the Death Knight time? Yes, it is the Death Knight time, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just realized it said Death Knighty, and then I imagined, like... A camisole or something you put on camisole, that just yeah. kills you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a shitty um, Stephen King story. God, <laughs> one of his better novels. No, um, <laughs> I might have peaked. Sorry. What were they saying? What were they saying? Well, um, rather, rather the the bitch rather game. the Lich King did um, did some raids. Uh, the the best like bow in the game dropped, which I rolled for and I got mm. and. Basically, I was then asked to be on every raid because I was one of the top five DPS in the guild. So I was like, right, you you know, you've geared up to this point. Can you can you be online four times a week? I'm like, ah, not no. not really. But I can buy the enchantment skill and then disenchant it in front of you on Twitch. <laughs> Just destroy this high value equipment. Yeah. Just oh oh, I'm not that mean. Um, shall we open up another beer? I was thinking that yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Oh, I'm gonna crack mine. Whilst you finish yours, I shall uh, reveal what I am drinking. Um, it's not a big reveal. It's kind of a link. It's kind of linked to my last beer, which was made by Beer Fifty Two and their project called Table. This is a table beer kind of works right um how the fuck do you say this word it's by it's from lervig it's a 3.5 percent table beer and it is 
Magellanic clouds? Magellanic, Magellanic clouds? I had it, and then you said it too many times in the wrong way. Uh, the Magellanic. That's why I thought Magell Mag Magellanic. Um, I mean, it's heavenly body. The Mag this one. Magellanic, Magellanic. Ah. Oh God, I, you, I hate that. You, I, I could have, if I, you showed me the words, I would have been able to say it. And now I can't because I have your like three pronunciations stuck in my head. There's the words. Mage Lanic. Mage Lanic. Unless it's unless it's Welsh and the double L's are more like an F. Um Mage ah, like something like that. Um uh, no. That's I mean, what I've got. You, you know, it's 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 a couple of galaxies, hey? Um is you it? see in the night sky. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I like I, I, I've talked. I know of it. I just now can't tell. It's. I think it's That's, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe it's got Can galaxy it? hops in, perhaps. Uh, but there's no info on the hops or any of the ingredients really, and there's no flavor text with it. Oh, that's classy. So yeah. Um. Well, while you pour, I'm gonna <laughs> open a beer from Manual Brewing. Ah. Quite a lovely sort of office escalator. Oh, I like that. I yeah, really like that. Really That's nice. nice label. Yeah. Um, um, and it's called Tickets, Please. And it is a okay. New England double IPA at a 8.5%. Nice. Dry hopped with Mosaic Amarillo and Azaka, fermented with a blend of London Ale Ill. London Ale Ill and Burlington Yeast. I don't know that yeast. No. Uh, strains. Tasting notes are tropical, stone fruit, um, wheat, and haze. Pine, wheat, and haze. Ooh. Haze. Haze. What tasty note is haze? Maybe they just mean notes. Sure, it looks hazy. Light smokiness. I I'm assuming they is mean more it's of a, a hazy fog. Beer, but it's because they. It's real. What threw me off was uh, I don't know if you can see this, and this is great podcasting. Um, <laughs> where is it? That symbol right there. This, the, uh, just on it's my screen, just looks like a square. Oh, it's, it's an equal sign with a tilde over, which means okay. approximately equal. Mm -hmm. It's a mathematical expression that doesn't make sense, but that, then they give notes. So I'm assuming they mean like, there's a mild isomorphism. It was, it was easier than saying there or thereabouts, wasn't it? Something. Yeah. But maybe haze is maybe whatever that symbol is supposed to capture is all of the things, not just tasting notes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm pouring terribly. Nice. You pour, you pour. Um, so, Magellanic clouds. If that's how it's said. Uh, super, super light. Uh, quite translucent as well. Really, really kind of not yellowy, but it's kind of. Huh. He's gone. Where is he? He ran away. Did you spill your beer? He hasn't got his headphones in, so he can't hear me. He's disappeared. Did you spill your beer? I spilled, I dropped, dribbled down the can. As I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm pouring really poorly. And then I... Yeah, I, I, did a, I did a bad thing. Oh dear. That's okay. You've cleaned it up now. You'll be alright, you'll be alright. Uh, yeah, you're so... alright. Hey, your bear or no? Um, Have a yeah, beer. Super light, super light. 
uh, almost a very Hyperlight? similar um, level of head to mm. the um, to the freak scene I had earlier, but uh, a lot lighter in color. Very, very kind of golden straw uh, color. A little bit transparent. You get a little fruitiness off the nose, not much at all. But in the flavor, there's a little bit, a little bit of citrus to start with, which kind of kicks into that, you know, nice kind of bitter, uh, fruity kind of flavor. Mm. It's not big at all. It's very light. You know, it's only three point five percent. It's a table beer, so you expect it to be quite light. But it's very watery and. I'm actually I'm a little surprised that that kind of that bitterness kicks around for kind of as long as it does. It is still there now, hmm. um, so it's it's very easy. It's I mean it's going to disappear so quickly because it is it's like tasting water with you know it's like tasting kind of bitter water, bitter lemon citrusy bitter water almost. That's um, <laughs> there's a little bit of kind of there's a little bit going on with the malts, but not a huge amount. Hmm. Just to give it a little bit of body. But, you know, they're kind of taking very much of a back seat in this, I think. So it's not like one baby or half a baby? Half a baby. Okay. <laughs> Down the middle, probably. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> the head is, despite my shitty pour, has is, is already subsided. It's just not that heady of a beer. Um, I mean, I'm getting some maltiness. Um... I don't not familiar with the um Azeka hops, but I definitely slight nose for the Amarillo and the Mosaic. Mm. Um mm -hmm. Oh, also not really hazy. Hazy? I think hazy. Yeah, a little. Yeah. 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 Um that is really well done. I can't taste the eight point five percent at all. Okay. Um, the this is a beer that has stone fruit that I think you would like. Ooh, okay. So like the um, it's definitely there, but really subdued. It's just a part of the flavor. Um, getting a lot of the maltiness off of this. Mm. Um, which is helping sort of, bl it, but it blends really well with both the sort of tropically nature mosaic, yeah, and um, and the stone fruit. Um, this is a really the, the both these beers have been really well balanced. Um, nice. Leaves the mouth actually a little wet, with just a slight bitterness. To the okay. mouth feel that lingers is is wet, but there's a line of bitterness which makes sense but it's hard to mm. not do that with a eight and a half percent dipper yeah yeah um again um fruit involved but not in front right if anything this is less obviously fruity than the other one okay that's interesting mm-hmm which reminds me the other one had fruit like piled in um but... yeah yeah Yeah, it's got um, the maltiness is right at the sort of beginning middle of the taste and kind of fades away, and that gives that um, gives way to some of the that stone fruit. It's really tempered by um, 
by the malts, I think, mm-hmm. actually, is what it is. So, like, so I actually think it's one of those things where, unless you sort of, you wouldn't immediately think on the first, first sip, oh, this is like a stone fruit note. It's one of those nice, nuanced notes. And it, it uh, glancing at the can, seeing that they said pine, I was like, really? Yeah, it's kind of there. I don't know how much of that is symptomatic of me reading the pine, but there is that, mm. that sort of... I think it's less that it tastes like pine. You ever, when you were a child, or even when you weren't, um, ever grab a pine needle, like crack it, chew on it? It's a thing we Not do in Canada sometimes. But like, there's like the taste of the pine needles, but there's also that like, that hit of that strong flavor. And there's like a mm. peak in the flavor that reminds me of that without really having a lot of the lingering flavor of pine. Mm. Which I find interesting. Just so sort of mid taste, you have a little bit of a oh, yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Ooh, sounds good though. I should be looking out for manual next time I'm kind of yeah. around. I think next time I'm bottle shop spending, I suppose, which will be probably next week at some point. Bottle so I'll shop. See, I'll see where it is if it's yeah. anywhere still. Nice, nice. Um, let's enjoy these and we'll move on to our kind of our topic. Yeah, I suppose. Um, it's a bit of a sad topic, really. Yeah, I think we're going to take a celebratory note to it, in the sense of celebrating what we've what has come by, not celebrating what has happened. I just realized how that could be misinterpreted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our um, our buddy Stan passed away this week. Mm. Everybody's um, buddy, really. Yeah, um, Stan Lee, the man whose name is also one name. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I never even thought of that. Oh, Do you think he was born Stanley right Lee and he just went by Stan? Oh, don't know. Uh, I, I have no idea. Is, yeah. it a, is it a stage name completely? Could oh, it be Stanley probably. something? I, I don't oh, know. If only we could do research or something. Um, but yeah, Someone will know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he passed away at the age of 95. Mm. Um, for those of you in our audience who don't know who he is, you don't exist. There's no way... <laughs> No, everyone knows who Stanley is. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the founding, well, founding father of Marvel Comics. Um, I won't list which superheroes he has said because some of them are my. He he has claimed that other people have claimed were Jack Kirby, and that's not a thing we need to get into. No. Um, actually, his name was Stanley Martin Lieber when he was born. Okay. So he literally just took his first name. Yeah. Or, or shortened his sort of or Lieber to yeah, to leave, yeah. but it's it's weird that like Lieber could be Lee, so they shorten both, but they effectively just take his first name. Yeah, I, I can't believe this never occurred to you, Stanley. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so we thought what we would do is a bit of a retrospective on Marvel video games. Mm. It turns out. There's been an absolute shit ton of them. Yeah. Um, so we're not obviously going to go through the entire extensive list because um, that will take ages. <laughs> um, I've got Lucy's list. I'll try and make sure we catch catch them um, as we go. Um, but I, yep. I think we're just going to chronologically go through and mention games we've played rather than you know, all of the games that have ever been made in Marvel. And then, you know, if we feel like waxing nostalgic about the superhero involved, 
and th- I think that's fine. Yeah, um, I, I think before we kind of uh, before we kind of go into it, it it's mm. it's interesting that um, I suppose maybe Spider Man is one of the bigger Marvel properties, but the He's first the, the first kind one. of Marvel, I guess I, I don't know whether these. I mean, these are video games based on Marvel comics, which I assume must mean they're Marvel licensed games because they wouldn't be able to take the name of the game, I would think, without some kind of licensing, without some kind of deal. So the first one is, the first game released is Spider-Man. The first Marvel licensed game is Spider-Man. Spider-Man for the Atari 2600. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're kind of at a time now where the last... Marvel licensed game released is also Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably. I, mean, I thought we were going to bookend it, but now you've given the plot away, ah. as if no one knew. Uh, I mean, Spider Man is probably the not the most kind of well loved, but maybe the most recognized. Oh no, for sure. There's a reason why the Marvel logo for years has been a Spider Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. He and then since the Raimi movies, especially, he was by far the most well-known mm. um, Marvel superhero. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why they fought so hard to bring um, Spider-Man into the MCU because you yeah. can't have a Marvel universe without Spider-Man. But like, yeah. he spent time in the Avengers, but has never really—that's never been like his main gig. Mm-hmm. The MCU's Avengers based. You could easily have not done it except yeah. it's Spider Man, right? Like it's agree. because yeah, yeah. it's Spider Man. Um, so, yeah, 1982, the first Marvel licensed game called Spider Man. Um, I don't think I. I know I didn't play it because I never had a 2600. No, nor I. I, I, I'm, I'm doing this thing I said I wouldn't do, but it's the first one. I, I'm just curious what, like, I'm. Oh my god! <laughs> so, um, I I just googled it, and I think if you you just need to Google Spider Man Atari Twenty Six Hundred, click the images, um, just to see how amazing the graphics were. Okay. Um, because it it actually, I mean, it's a lot of building climbing and stuff. I'm super curious about this game. Um. <laughs> I just, you know, it's been a while since I've seen a super, like a 2600 game, which wasn't based on, like, new new IP, so it all made sense within the pixelation, right? Mm. Anyway, oh, um, wow. so... I'm just, <laughs> just having a look now. Wow. <laughs> I've definitely, I've de- I don't think I've, I don't think I've played this, but I've definitely played games that look almost exactly the same right? as this. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know about you, but... I got nothing to say about the the things that happened on the Apple and the Atari and the Commodore. Um, no man, no, no, nor I. I mean, my first my first machine was um, was a Mega Drive, so I I, I skip out a, a massive ton of these games, and even even a lot of the Mega Drive, or at least as they say, the Genesis games, I I just didn't play. I was a you know very young kid who, at the time, I suppose I think I got my first console around about the age of ten, maybe maybe eight somewhere around there 92 94 something like that um so i you know i probably didn't know a huge amount of superheroes at that time uh, you know the things like the x-men cartoon or the the the, the spider-man cartoon and stuff they they weren't around then 
Um, I don't think my exposure to these list of marvelous stuff, you know, didn't happen until maybe I was an early teenager, really. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, the 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 one thing I will mention because it's hilarious is the fact that um, in 1986, for the Commodore 64, Apple II, and other things, they released a Howard the Duck game. Yeah, I did see. <laughs> but that was also the first Activision license of Marvel. Ooh. Which, which was a big thing. That license. Sorry? That early. Yeah. I mean, and that's a, that's a relationship that's lasted a long time. It is, it is. I mean, there's a lot of, looking through this, I mean, Sega have published a few. Acclaim have done quite a lot as well. Yeah, um, I think there was a uh, a, a switch from... Uh, so I think Acclaim had the, had uh, a license for a long time, and then uh, Activision retook it for a bunch, unless it was crossover stuff. Yeah, it very much looks like it depends on the, um, on the system that it's put out on. So Acclaim did a lot of um, Game Boy, Nintendo systems. Um, yeah, Acclaim, Game Boy, NES... Uh, it's some on the Genesis and uh, things like Spider-Man and X-Men in Arcade's Revenge uh, but I think I don't know whether you go back any further than this but I think the first game that I remember playing which is a Marvel game was uh, The Incredible Hulk on the on the Mega Drive uh, I don't think I ever played that one um, um, what year was that? 1994 uh, uh, so 93 I do remember the um Ooh. the Punisher Genesis game. Okay. Um I remember uh uh cousin being in town being a big fan of the Punisher and we us renting it and it like goes generic side scroller type thing, you know, yeah. basically reskin the streets of rage essentially, right? Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean that just that category of game. Um I guess not Streets of Rage because that's sort of inherently multiplayer. But the idea of like just wandering around punching people and or shooting them and whatever. But I think I I can't remember in details obviously because it was a billion years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it was more punchy than shooty. Oh. That you would think. Okay. But why don't you tell us about uh, so the Incredible Hulk? You remember playing this? I do remember, yeah, yeah. I, I very specifically remember. Um, I, I I had a very quick look at it earlier. Uh, and I don't remember very well the like the levels. What I remember is kind of like the boss battles. Uh, I remember fighting like Abomination as oh, the wow. first boss that you come up to. I remember fighting Rhino as the second boss that you come up to. You then fight Abomination again, and then you fight a guy that I have no idea who he is. Even looking through this, I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> Flies around. I don't remember anything past that. I must never have beaten that boss. Um, but it, the Incredible Hulk is basically just a side-scrolling platformer. It's it's a weird take on kind of on the Incredible Hulk. Uh, looks from what I kind of looked at earlier, like there's not much variety in what you're doing. You run, you punch, you throw. You run, yeah. you punch, you throw. You run, you punch, you throw. A uh, little bit of difference with the bosses and stuff. Um, you know, Rhino at least kind of charged you side to side. And you had to do stuff to get out of the way or kind of uppercut him and things like this. But I I mean, it's kind of, I think it's maybe one of my first kind of exposures to Marvel. Really? 
Yeah, yeah, really. Um, so 94. So I was only 10 then. So I think I think that, whether it was The Incredible Hulk or whether it was kind of something else around about the time kind of Marvel related, I think that kind of kicked me into um, to then starting to explore kind of, you know, the world of Marvel, Stanley's creations, Jack Kirby's creations and stuff. Uh, and I was very much kind of, apart from maybe the... Um, the, the 89 Batman film and, and Batman 2, whatever that was called, the one with Danny Vito in. Whoa, um, hold on. Two things. Batman Returns, not Batman 2. Yeah, there's no um, way you can't know Batman Returns. Yeah. And I thought so, we were talking about Marvel. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, so I think those, those two films were kind of my only uh, exposure to DC... Uh, you know, oh, and no, the original, the original Batman TV show, and maybe the kind of the original trilogy of the Superman films. But I think that's kind of how I saw DC, kind of more right. as a like the televised kind of stuff. Uh, whereas oh, I Marvel, I think so. For Marvel, for me, kind of started out almost with this Incredible Hulk game, and then moved into comics. Right, and that's kind of how I, you know, the Incredible Hulk on the Sega Mega Drive. Is that was your in, entry to comic books. Is really? my into comic books, I think. Oh, so I, I lied. I lied very oh, poorly. Um, okay. 1992 is when the fucking X-Men arcade game came out. Right. I don't know if I played it then, but fuck off if I played hours and hours of that game. That game is the tits. It's the <laughs> best. I love that game. Um, it's a side-scroller up to four people. Um... Wolverine, Cyclops, I can't remember the fourth one, because Colossus was in Storm? that game. Storm, maybe. Actually, it might have been more than... I think it was a bigger variety of characters than four. You just could only play four at a time. Four. Yeah, yep. Um, Cyclops, Colossus, Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, or Dazzler. Right. Um, but I always played as Colossus. Fucking his super move where he, like, just sheds his metal skin and somehow that makes an explosion was the best i loved it <laughs> i loved that he was a strong puncher it was i played so much of that game and yeah. it is definitely was my introduction to the x-men mm -hmm. um i didn't really know much about them at the time i just like i knew people were fans of them i didn't read their comics until later and it was like oh these are really fun that's also why i think colossus was like my favorite x-men because he was my favorite character in the game, and uh, yeah, Wolverine, yeah. I just didn't like playing as him, so I didn't see what the big deal about Wolverine was for years, because <laughs> I didn't read the comics. It was like, oh, because... Although, to be fair, I understood Cyclops was garbage from the start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, but yeah, no, that is definitely... I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I... I mean, I would have been nine came out. I'm sure I played it relatively around that time. Yeah, I I was thinking about this. I, I remember playing X Men in an arcade, but I think it might have been the Children of the Atom arcade oh. cabinet, which was after um, Incredible Hulk, and it probably wasn't until a, a year or two after it was released. You know, it's probably more like '97, something like that, that I that I played that, and that must have been when the TV show was out, and that was probably I played oh, the TV arcade because great. of the because of the TV show more than the other way around. So. Yeah, I, I know. I seem to remember Lucy might have had Children of the Atom on her list. She did, yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Um, so also in that like nine early nineties area, same same. So I think they basically just pumped out a few in nineteen ninety four, right? 
Um, I never played the Wolverine one, uh, but I did play Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage, or as we knew it as Maximum okay. Carnage, because on the box art, it's like, Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage. <laughs> and that was, uh, again, with the same cousin stuff, I never got to own it. I think the cover was seemed obviously violent, and someone was like, maybe we won't buy this one. Um, <laughs> but it ca- it came in a, r- the Genesis cartridge was red. Nice. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this game's cool." Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can play as Spider-Man or Venom. Mm. Uh, on your way to go kill Carnage, basically. I, I like that these that these characters are kind of you know even this early are already being introduced in 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 the video games. Um, yeah. You know, they've not just stuck to it's not just here's Spider-Man crawling up a building again. Here's oh, just but the, Wolverine this, walking this, around. This was, I think, around the time Maximum Carnage actually came out in the comics as well. Mm. Like, this was the huge event in the Spider-Verse. And so I think that, um, I think that's why they, they, like, they put the game out. Um, and of course, all these games have such simple mechanics. It, it really is kind of a skinning game, right? A skinning and writing yeah. game. Um, but yeah, you're right. At the same year for the Saturn Arcade and PlayStation Children and the Atom came out, which Lucy had mm. on her list. I never, I've never played the game. Okay. I have no idea what Children Adam's like. You can look now. Well, I was just wondering if you had thoughts about it instead of me just googling I mean, it. My my problem with a lot of these Marvel games is that so many of them have bled into each other. Yeah. That it's difficult to kind of pick out, apart from, say, uh, like Marvel versus Capcom, which again is one of my earlier kind of Marvel games. Um. Oh, is it? Wait, I might I may have played this. This is the the first Marvel fighting game. Is it the first Marvel fighting game? Oh, it like as in like Street Fighter wise. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I don't know what would have been before it. I mean, without clicking on all these goddamn links, but like the rest are very much uh uh Spider Man's journey, Silver Surfer's journey. Me. I mean, there's I mean, there's so many fucking games. Yeah, there's so uh, many games. Yeah, but I, I mean, in the beginning, the the fighting games were still pretty rare. Well, yeah, well, I guess we're in the Genesis. I think this might have been um, one, but anyway, it's definitely a memorable one. I just didn't remember it was called Children of the Atom. Mm. I mean, this is the, I played a lot of fighting games, but like I owned games like um, Brutal Pause of Fury. Yeah. <laughs> do you know do you know this game? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um uh for the in the audience if you don't know, Google it. It's amazing. It it's like there's no tie-in, it's just P and it's a fighting game, but they're all animal people. Mm. Like our friend the cowboy. Um I owned Shaq Fu which wasn't a fighting game I found out because it's a bit of a side scroller, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> I want to beat people Mate, up with Shaq. Def Jam Vendetta is one of the best fighting games. Anyway, oh, um, so moving on quite quickly through a few of the years, yeah, um, they so, start to so, they start to kind of uh, only go to you know a few games from 1996, which has got a ton of games. There's only four of them in 1997, and then only one game in 1998. Yeah, so I think and we should slow down though because the. Um, the first Capcom Marvel uh, 
game was what X Men versus Street Fighter. Right? X Men versus Street Fighter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's super important. Um, I never played that one. I don't think. I think I've played the other ones in that series, but I mean, it was super successful, and it was such a novel mm. idea. This was when like worlds can collide. Yeah. Yeah. It was super interesting as well. Kind of. Uh, you know, a lot of people would have played Street Fighter at that time coming in with these different, you know, it's not kind of just a reskinning of Street Fighter with X-Men characters. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a slightly different game with a slightly different kind of, it's not a different input thing, but it's kind of, you know, it's a different vibe. It's a different aesthetical style. Well, yeah. And, and, um, I mean, it was so successful that they came out with Marvel versus Street Fighter in 97, a year later, mm. where they're basically like, we'll pump up, like, it won't just be the X-Men, it'll be other heroes. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, interesting as well, I suppose, because it's um, because it's Street Fighter, all of those, uh, Marvel versus Street Fighter, uh, Marvel Capcom. Super Heroes versus Street Fighter, they're all Capcom-made yeah. games. Yeah, because they basically pumped the license out. Yeah. Um, but... I did tell you we would talk about um, on the Wikipedia article of list of video games based on Marvel Comics. They have in 1997, The Men in Black, The Game. Yeah. Which came out for Windows and PlayStation, which means there's a way, like, you could probably download it. God, I, I'm, I actually haven't, but I'm going to um, just look up what it looked like. Um, and so we were talking about this. Oh, God, it's already garbage. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to find it now. Man in black, the game. It, it's like it's got that weird, horrible camera that like you had in like res early Resi. <gasps> I might have had this. What? Looking at the looking at the cover, I may have owned this. But that's just the cover of the game. Uh, no, the no, movie, no, no. rather, with it, the game printed on it. It's very similar. But seeing the cover with PlayStation on the uh, oh, the gotcha. bottom. Is, is hitting me, you know, looking at the gameplay, oh, it's I do not remember this game. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't think it was, oh man, it's great. Um, So, this is the curse of Wikipedia, because in the same year that Men in Black, the video game came out, there was a Marvel licensed um, comic. Ah. And so, because of the nuances of Wikipedia being not so nuanced, they've decided this is a video game based on Marvel comics, when in fact it was a Marvel comic based on a movie that also had a video game. Ah. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, Scratch off. Yeah. There also was a computer-only X-Men game in 97, which I didn't know about, but The Ravages of Apocalypse. No, um, never played that one. Uh, and then and then we get the first Marvel versus Capcom in ninety eight. Yep. Um double check Lucy's list. I think we're still good. Oh, Mutant Academy she has in two thousand. I don't know this game. No, I don't either actually. Um but Lucy does. Hey Lucy, what did you think of that game? I played it, she says. Cool. Um and then of course, I mean we're skipping over obviously the, the million Spider Man and X Men games that come out, right? Um but I think it's important to note the Spider-Man game that comes out in 2000. Yeah. Because that's based that's tied into the movie. Oh, right. is that the movie one? 
Oh, I'm wrong. No, no, no. The, the, that that Spider-Man game is the uh, so it's the the original to like Spider-Man Two. You know, the much lauded PlayStation Spider-Man Two. Or it's on more things than that. But uh, yeah, this was the original to that, I believe. Right. Uh, with like super, like super close draw distance and not very good. No, swing. no, 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 no. That's the 2002 Spider Man. What? Because Spider Man 2 Fuck's sake. came out in 2004 as a sequel to the 2002 one that came out on uh, the PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox, and everything. So I'm totally wrong. Got my ears wrong. This is just a, a, a shitty Spider-Man game that no one knows about. <laughs> I apologize. I I I, I, uh, I prematurely ejaculated on the Spider-Man. Um, I also didn't know in 2000 there was a Blade game that came out. So what's weird about the Spider-Man game, uh, so the X-Men Mutant Academy game and Blade, is they came out on the PlayStation and the Game Boy Color. Those were the two systems. What? It's 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 odd, isn't it? It's very yeah. very it's odd. It's clearly not the same game. They've just no, like, no. labeled it the same, which I fucking hate it. I'm really glad we don't do that anymore. It was the worst in like the late '90s, early 2000s. We're like, well, we're selling this game. We want it to have the same name because that's what sells it. So we'll make two different games, like yeah. two very different platforms, and be like, it's the same thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the, I think it, that doesn't happen a lot with any of the other games um like you know like blade 2 or whatever they else they put out a lot of them are kind of like gamecube playstation 2 yeah. xbox windows yeah so as uh, soon as so as soon as we hit like the playstation 2 gamecube xbox era the like there was like shitty like there was like the gamecube can't run it so we'll make it shittier but it's like the same basic core game but before that because there was so much weird diversity and like People had thought they they basically were like video games are video games, so you'll buy the Game Boy version. Yeah, even though yeah. it's obviously a different game, but we won't tell you that. Like it was just there wasn't a knowledge there. All the aunts and grandmas were like, "Why well, he wanted this game, and I gotta get on the Game Boy and PlayStation." <laughs> um, let's let's move through. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just so so I think we should jump straight to the Spider Man two two thousand eighteen. <laughs> no, it's Spider-Man 2, so we, we accidentally talked about Spider-Man 2002, which was okay. But, like, I think the important thing is Spider-Man 2 in 2004. The game yes. PlayStation yeah, yeah, yeah. 2 Xbox yeah. game. A game I've owned four years and just sold on eBay, like, two months ago because I okay. was getting rid of stuff. I, I think it's often held up as one of the best uh, versions of Spider-Man, one of the best uses of moving around the city is this the one where the storyline is is it mysterio has got some kind of fog or some gas around the the city which is why you can't go on the ground it's why you have to stay in the on the rooftops and the draw distance is really close and is that what the story's like i don't maybe i remember enjoying oh awesome this. it turns it turns out looking at the wikipedia game uh, thing is the PC version and the uh, console version very different. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> it's the 2000s. Everything's everything's just whatever. Um, it was made by Activision, MacPlay, and Taito. Yes. So, who knows, really? Um, yeah, it is Mysterio making Spider-Man go through a bunch of um, 
thought it was. That bit stuck with me, obviously. So I don't remember the plot at all. I just remember, like, and in, including going back, because, like, I still own a PlayStation 3 which should play PlayStation 2 games, like, which I was going to sell, which is why I sold the game. Because the only reason I had the PlayStation 3 was so I could play that game. And then I was like, I don't know if I'll ever actually play this game. I just like knowing I can. I'll sell this game. But then I didn't sell the thing that was more expensive. Anyway, um, I just... the It it held up the, a couple of years ago, even. Like, it just... Mm. The web swimming... Swimming? Bleh, the web swinging... Yeah. Um, was so organic. And, like, yeah. angles mattered. And momentum mattered. Mm. And, like... Web to Nowhere, which is the shittiest thing that happened after this game, was like, oh, you just throw a web and then it'll latch onto something. Don't worry about it. Just swing. Yeah. It's fun. It's easier for you. It's like, no, the point is of Spider-Man is he can't fly. He has mm. encumbered by things. Why Spider-Man is such a New York superhero is because his mobility only works in, like, a fucking concrete jungle. Completely. Yep, completely. And it's like, how do you not get this? And it, and it was so infuriating because I loved that game. So, so like, I own on PC those amazing Spider-Man games that came out and a couple other ones. Like, I have a handful of PC Spider-Man games versions because they were cheaper than the console ones by the time they came out. Mm. Um, and they were always so dissatisfying on movement because it was so stilted to just, like, do this. But you didn't have momentum, you didn't have angle, and you had, like... It didn't matter, whatever, you just push the button and you're going to move in that direction. Yeah, yeah, disappointing in the kind of the way that they took the tech with it and stuff, but at least the modern or the new I was going to say, well, well, I think of... we'll get to 2018 shortly because we don't want to mire ourselves in too much shit. Um, completely, but completely. It's, I mean, I haven't played it yet because I forgot to borrow it from you last time I was yes. over. Um, but it sounds like they've gone back to that, like, the roots being this game. Yeah, but... very much, very much. Um, should we should we jump? I know you're probably dying to talk about Ultimate Alliance and maybe Ultimate Alliance 2. Yes. Um, scrolling I mean... through the games between, you know, even Spider-Man 2 and then Ultimate Alliance, there's not a huge amount in there that, um, so, that I so actually touched. The... Plus, I can. I've only got like ten minutes. So. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I think <laughs> X Men Legends is a progenitor of Ultimate Alliance. Is that the okay. one? Because it's the action role playing one. Um, but we're. I'm fine with just talking about Ultimate Alliance. And, um, but all the things that you that I like about Ultimate Alliance games came kind of from this game, right? X Men Legends. But Ultimate Alliance and Ultimate Alliance Two are, I think, my favorite Mar Marvel games. Wow. Okay. Um. I I think that the you know they're like arcadey um, play through a plot up to four people, mm. um, and there's progression. You are, you level up, you get better powers, you unlock better powers, you make your powers better. Um, but what I really liked about it was there was a two player mode where you and a friend could co op. Yeah. But whoever did the best on that level got bonuses which allowed them to level up faster which also meant that they would do better next time so there was this like actual like from the start competitive ver like mm. nature to the co-op gameplay but That's also cool. when you played that level like so if you play in general arcade mode there are four characters you control one at a time and you can swap when you play it in this other mode you pick a character you're with that for the entire game they're mm. with theirs for the entire game, and there aren't alternates. It's a two-hero game. 
And yeah. that's the best way to play the Ultimate Alliance games, I think, because you stuck with yeah. your character, you chose them, you progressed them, and there's no this, like, I'm about to die, I'll just jump into Body X. Mm. Um, and it also just, like, then you get to learn the mechanics of the characters, but, like, uh, the gameplay um, is slightly less tight on the PC, which is the only way you can buy it now, but on the Xbox, or so on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, super tight, well-handleable, played a bunch of the different heroes, Settled on Human Torch, loved it, um, but it was just like a, it was also like a real comic-y storyline about like Doom, trying to take over the world and like the Avengers getting together and trying to stop him and like Doom bots and nice. other enemies and yeah. like it felt the writing was done well enough that it felt like one of those yearly crossover events. Like it didn't feel sort That's of. That's very cool. Yeah, and so it felt like, yeah. oh, I give give a shit about the story. I'm not fast forwarding through these things, but also mm. the gameplay is so fun, get, especially in that mode where I'm competing with someone slash being attached to a hero. I think like marrying those two things together just made it such a good game, such that I don't like playing it with just access to all, the four heroes at all times. Um, yeah, I I played um, when I first moved to Bristol, well, ish. Um, uh, my first roommate in Bristol, um, we ended up playing hours and hours of this, and, and we're, like, proper competitive about, like, I'm killing more people. <laughs> Who got the most points? <laughs> Who's getting that free upgrade, motherfucker? While still, obviously, like, getting each other's back and stuff because we want to progress through the level. Yeah. And we had multiple different, like, um, so we, we played it multiple times. We played, uh, I can't remember, like, like lost a save file, started again, who cares kind of thing. Um, and it was great. This, even replaying it was great because it's like, oh, I might get the edge on you on this level. Pound. So, uh, and it was just, <laughs> so a lot of that is like nostalgia based on like sure, good times, sure. but it was all, it's just such a really well designed game and it's, it feels very Marvel. Mm. So, like, one of the things like we sort of alluded to on these earlier games is that they're just sort of, I'm playing as Spider Man, but I'm really just doing standard projectile, standard punch. And yeah, he, yeah. There's so much variety of characters, and they all had like powers, and some of them can fly, and some of them can double jump, and some of them can't. And so, like Spider Man could swing, but not on all the levels. And it just felt like movement was really restricted to your power set. Mm. So, like in like a base where there's a broken bridge, like the flyer could just go over here and go fight people, and maybe hit the button. And if there wasn't a flyer, you'd have to figure another way out. And it just it felt every character felt really unique and grounded in a way that I have recognized from the comics. Nice, nice. I think it, that kind of, I mean, it, it's why I liked uh, what I played of like Marvel Heroes, uh, the the MMO. Mm. Each of the characters did feel unique to their kind of their skill set and and what they were good at. And it kind of the you know I didn't play a huge amount with people really or or team up with people and stuff, but. And I don't, I don't know how kind of everyone linked together or whether anything was complementary to, to other heroes and stuff like this. But I only played a little bit of it, really, when it was free. Yeah. Um, but the characters that I did play felt like the characters. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just that, oh, this character's just been put onto doing this. You know, like that the right. Incredible Hulk game that I spoke about. That could have been any of the characters, really. Run around, yeah. hit, jump hit, jump, punch someone else, punch someone else. Uh, so, yeah, they've definitely, they've definitely worked out how to differentiate between these characters and give them their own skill sets, give them their personalities within the kind of like the video game space. And, I mean, there, there's a lot of games in between, but it does lead into the, the newest sort of Spider-Man game, feeling like a Spider-Man game. 
after a long like time. It. Like so, completely. Like the only Spider-Man game I enjoyed between, well, really uh, since Spider-Man Two was um, Shattered Dimensions. Yeah, and that wasn't because of it was because it was so like tied up in actual Spider-Man comics and yeah, different yeah. dimension, like different way interpretations that I had read about. But I think if I hadn't had a comic backstory. It would have probably have been muddled and confused, and the gameplay mm. wasn't that great. It was just really neat to see, like, what if we did this? And now we're having an upcoming movie talking about what if we did, what if these dimensions collided? But yeah, the only reason, so I, I ended up buying like the next game in that, like, from Activision in that series, and I was super disappointed because it turns out I just cared about the narrative elements. <laughs> was that Edge of Time? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I think. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine is worth a shout-out. Um, okay, on Lucy's list as well? Yeah, I think it mostly because it's just a really tight game. And it and it's a tight game that, like, inhabits Wolverine. Mm. Like, if you've never played it, um, I think there was a PC version. Obviously, you could find emulated versions anyway. But it, it's like a God of War slash Devil May Cry, a combo buster type game. It has okay. a rage meter and it's it's just really tightly done and it just you feel like you're being Wolverine, mm. and that's what makes that game great. It's just nice. Um, I think it's, uh, you got to feel sort of similar to kind of like the Deadpool game as well. Yeah, um, I mean that was the next one I game. wanted to, to, yeah, to was, highlight was, was, as well. Was super was super good and was uh, is that the Nolan North voiced Deadpool? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it could be wrong, but mm. obviously very kind of fourth wall breaking Seth. Self-referential. Uh, again, not a. I mean, not a fantastic game in terms of kind of like the action and what you're doing. Pretty, pretty standard. But I think kind of like the writing of that, at least, and the humor kind of elevated that. Um, yeah, I think I think the gameplay was tight enough, but why it was fun, like, was because it was. It was lit like again. It's, it's like taking the character and being like, "Well, the character in the comics." I'm like, "What makes this appealable?" Yeah. Oh, he's tongue in cheek. He's a nonsense person, and he breaks the fourth wall. Like we need to make sure that happens. Um, yep. And it was really weird when the license expired, and they're like, "Nope, you can't buy this anymore." <laughs> yeah. um, and then luckily, the Deadpool movie was really successful, so people were like, "I will pay money." Like, yeah, 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 pay for the like, cool, cool. We'll make a lot of money. Yep. Um, yep. There was. I remember a time where it's like, oh, I really want to like, I'd like to play that game, and I, I, I borrowed off. I don't remember. Like, I had a temporary copy, and so it's like, oh, cool. I'll just buy it. Like, I now have an Xbox 360. Cool. No, can't get it. <laughs> like, just hope you find it in the used market. And then, like, uh, I, I got a copy, and then like a year and a half later, it's like this is now cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll talk much about uh, Spider Man. I think it probably. I think, uh, no, the, I think the it's 2018 had, one. Yeah, I think we, we've we, we've had episodes about that. It's clearly. I, I mean, yeah, it, it clearly is doing what we've wanted about Spider Man games, etc. Um, I will say the Lego mm. superheroes game, fantastic. Yeah. Um, good also, a, a moment in the Lego games which made it a less. Like there was a bit of an open world element. There was a bit of like free roam, um, in a way that the other ones were super linear. Um, and, and it just like because it was a bigger roster, um, you ended up being able. Maybe it's free roam's the wrong word, but like there was more options. Okay. Well, like in the Batman games, for example, it's like you can play as Batman, 
Or you can switch to Robin. It was like, I actually can kind of pick the characters I want to start with because of the roster. Like, maybe it's just the sense of the Avengers, but like, it just seemed more open as a game. Uh, also, it was the first one that had all that much more voice acting and stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. So, what? So, I've revealed that my top Marvel games are the Ultimate Alliance ones, which luckily have been both re released on uh, Xbox and PlayStation stores, but also came out on PC only like a couple years ago. Mm. Um, I think for me, it's it's very kind of difficult to move between. I played a lot. I played a lot of Marvel versus Capcom. Um, Marvel versus yeah, Capcom I thought you might and, have and said and more Marvel about that. Too. I was surprised you didn't. But um, I mean, they're, they're they're fun fighting games. They're super fun fighting games. Um, it's one of the reasons why I've really enjoyed, and I've kind of stuck a little bit more with like Street Fighter maybe than kind of like other fighting games. You know, I've dabbled in Tekken, uh, Tekken Tag Tournament, Tekken Three. Uh, never really gone much further with Tekken than that, and uh, and kind of stuck a little bit more with like Marvel vs. Capcom and Street Fighter games instead right. as my kind of as my fighting games, uh, and I really enjoy them. Uh, I like that crossover. I like the way that they play. They're very arcadey, which is brilliant. Um, I like the tagging in and out kind of option having a having a little team to kind of be able to play yeah I, as well am i wrong to think that that was unique to that crossover in the beginning or i don't I, think street fighter did that no no street i don't think street fighter has ever done that um it's only been in the marvel versus capcom games at least for street fighter uh, i know there was a tekken crossover with street fighter and i don't know whether that was a team-based one because i didn't play it um, but tekken's done it as well they're tekken tag tournament yeah um, so it was quite unique for kind of for Marvel versus Capcom to have that element to it, um, and I, I, I'm kind of in a bit of a toss up between like Marvel versus Capcom as a franchise and then the 2018 Spider-Man game being my kind of my favourite Marvel game. Um, so I think I'm going to go with both because they're very different games and they kind of embody very different things. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call a little bullshit because I just said a franchise and a game are my top <laughs> game. Not even like Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and you're like, no, this whole franchise. But that's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Huh? You recording? Yeah. Ready? Yes. Hey. Hi. <laughs> right, you can't hey. hear me. Yeah. Um. So, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up there with my kind of faux favorite games. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> well, we'll see at the end of the year whether I have that. I literally said my favorite games are one and the thing so <laughs> call me out on that um let's go with the beers out the two beers that i had i think it's quite easy for me this week that actually uh the first beer freak scene the new england ipa with yuzu uh picks it it was a little bit bigger of a beer and the flavor was doing a little bit more than the lervik uh, which was nice it's very easy to drink beer but it wasn't it's just pleasant it's just a nice beer the freak scene had like a little bit more kind of flavor a little bit more complexity to it so it's quite easy for me this week so and that's from beer 52 uh their table project awesome uh, um, the two you had both from the from, same brewer yeah so so on my manual update um i really enjoyed the salt strawberry um my favorite hero that was yeah. what it was called um i thought it would be too out of the way but it wasn't um it's enough beery taste while doing other things that's super interesting um and it's there was sort of 
the level of flavor was quite was quite high. Like, sorry, my flatmate just coming home. Um, if anything, I think the dipper, even though it's eight and a half percent, they've like done such a good job of blending the flavors that mm. it kind of feels subdued. Okay. Um, and so uh, I actually saved the last sip of the My Favorite Hero um, for this moment just so I could remember it. And yeah. I, maybe it's just because one's strong and the other's weak, like intensive, like intensiveness of flavor. But I think I might go with for the My Favorite Hero. I think it's unique. Okay. I was expecting like a fruit bomb and like salt. What the fuck? And it's not. It's a well-balanced beer. It tastes like a beer. It obviously tastes like a sour, but like mm. not the fruit isn't doing too much. And the Tickets, Please is a really solid dipper. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah. there's just a little less going on. So in a sense, so I'm picking the my favorite hero because I don't think I can pick another. I couldn't like say, oh, just try that beer instead. And the Tickets, Please is doing a lot of the things you could find with Somewhere a well balanced dipper. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, but obviously I'm picking manual for the for the week. I mean, but also <laughs> yeah, of course would pick both these beers easily. Like it's just they're great. Nice, nice. So that's it for this week. Um, if you want to talk to us about your favorite Marvel games, about tasting manual beers, knowing who they are, manual uh, tasting beers. Yeah, you can get us at tanked up underscore cast uh, tanked up cast at gmail dot com. You can also go to outlives dot net and look at articles listen to other podcasts do some stuff over look at there ben's lovely graphic design uh, of the logos yes you can see that as well uh adler if people want to talk to you how do they do so you can get me at the omniarch on twitter instagram steam psn etc you've got to remember the things you don't have all the things now uh, I mean, I I know. So the thing I sold with the Xbox, but it still has because of Xbox Play I anywhere. Suppose. I still have an Xbox account. I just yeah, that's fair. I'm not gonna invite people to add me to that because it seems like well. <laughs> oh, also switch code SW. Nice. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm at Nova underscore forty seven almost everywhere. And that's it. A little Marvel hit for you this week, uh, but for another week. We've been tanked up. I haven't actually been that tanked up. These are super light beers. No, oh, I um, I will say one thing. Yes. Excelsior. <laughs> ah. Bye. Bye.